Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yelp said you were a great chief doctor, and I feel like you're sort of slinging labels at me all of a sudden. Diagnosis. Diagnosing me as what? Fat. All body types are beautiful. That's true. And you also want to be healthy. Your resting heart rate is elevated. Your blood pressure is very high, especially for a 28-year-old. I mean, for you, I'm worried about fatty liver disease. Oh, even my liver's fat, huh? Let's get you healthy. Diet. Exercise. I want you to try losing between 45 and 55 pounds. That's the weight of a Siberian Husky. <laughs> you want me to pull a medium-sized working dog off of my body, is that right? Hello, and welcome to The Last Laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast. My guest this week is the incredibly talented and funny actress Jillian Bell. I first saw Jillian on Curb Your Enthusiasm many, many years ago. Uh, she appeared on that show not only with Larry David, but also with Jerry Seinfeld. Um, she's probably best known for playing a character named Jillian Belk, with a K, on Workaholics, and also for stealing scenes in films like Rough Night and 22 Jump Street. Now she's starring in the Sundance hit Britney Runs a Marathon. It's Jillian's first leading role in a movie, so I was really excited to talk to her about this big new step in her career. And it's a really fantastic and touching and, and hilarious movie that I think uh, everyone will enjoy when it hits theaters later this month. All right, so let's go to my conversation with the great Jillian Bell. Well, thanks for coming in. You, you're based in L.A., right? You I am. Here? I yeah. live in L.A. Yeah, because I know you've been kind of all over with this film, uh, Britney Runs a Marathon. Yeah. Uh, Sundance, uh, South by Southwest, or um Are we New doing York. it now? Is sure. it on? Yeah, this Sure. Is oh, my gosh. You <laughs> just kind of right snuck right into it. Yeah. It was startling. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to startle I have, you. No, 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 no. But I'm I'm here now. I feel like okay. a person yeah. on this earth. Um yeah, I, we've been traveling all over. Mm-hmm. I was just in New York. I went to Provincetown. I went to Cannes. Is that how you say it? Cannes. Sure. I went there and I still that's don't know. Cool. Um, but that wasn't for the film. That was oh. for a show called Bless the Hearts that's oh, coming yeah. out. But, Very um, cool. Yeah, but I've been I've been traveling. Yeah. San Diego, Comic-Con. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And now Los Angeles, where I'm very, very happy now to be. back home. Yeah. Um, well, I got to see this movie, Brittany Runs a Marathon, uh, a few weeks ago, and, and just really, really loved it. Um, oh, good. So I'm congrats so glad. on that. I mean, you're a producer on the film. It's your, your first real lead in a film, yeah, I think. Yeah, first time playing the title um, character, for so, sure. So what's that been like to kind of uh, go through this process? And you, you had a big uh, premiere at, at Sundance, as we said. And we did in January. It was yeah. unreal. I'd never been to Sundance before. Have you been? I have not been to Sundance, no. I had never done any of the festival um, circuit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Sundance was my first one, and the, one of the producers was like, don't ever come back. <laughs> this is the best case scenario. We had no yeah. idea if it was gonna anyone was gonna buy it, mm-hmm. how people were gonna react. Um, so we were at the Eccles Theater, mm-hmm. and that's it's in a school. Which, by the way, if I had that kind of a theater next to my high school, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> but uh, we, I remember 
there was a green room, like a basically hangout area for everyone to chill and just like say, hi, how are you doing? And big day. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, I can't be around anybody right now. I'm so <laughs> nervous that we're about to show this yeah. to so many people. And and my manager right before had been like, so they make little statements, you know, on Twitter or whatever. They make their their first initial reaction mm-hmm. statements immediately after they walk outside. Like the critics? The yeah, critics, people, yeah, critics. And so they're like, she's like, do you want to hear the good? Do you want to hear the really bad? Like, what do you want to hear? I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to have opinions. And <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that. So I went and sat in the hallway of this high school. And I remember... Uh, classes were changing you know mm. the bell went off and so like it's an active high school it's like an happening. active high yeah. school <laughs> where this is happening and there's just like teenagers making out and <laughs> and kids getting their books out of their lockers and I was just like what a weird moment in my life like I have no <laughs> idea what's about to happen and and just watching all these I don't know kids it was it was very odd but um and I had a conversation with um one of the guys who financed it and he's like yeah, I really hope it does well. I remember him <laughs> saying that, and I was like, "Me too." Uh, I was so nervous, and then we went in there, and and everybody was—I mean, it was the best audience to watch it with, and yeah. they were going through all the emotions. They were crying and laughing and gasping when my character's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really unbelievable experience yeah it's definitely i i have to admit i did a little bit of a very little bit of crying at the end of this movie you did. Uh, which i think is i think a lot of people will uh because it, it just it gets you at the end oh thank um, but you. we won't we won't get to that yet we won't spoil the end but um going back i mean how did you how did this project first come to you and what were your kind of first impressions of it my manager pam sent it to me and she was like i know you've been looking for something different i think this is maybe it mm-hmm. she said you're gonna be very nervous reading this because I think you'll relate to the character and it's material that may be too close to home mm-hmm. but keep reading it and I think it's it could be an amazing movie mm-hmm. and I read it and I had that reaction you know I was laughing during it a lot but then I was crying and there were certain lines where I was like I've said that to myself <laughs> um yeah and I knew that I I immediately was so scared of it when I finished it, but I also thought I don't want anyone else playing this mm, <laughs> because yeah. I had experienced so much of her emotional journey that mm-hmm. I was I was sort of protective of her instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how would you, for people who haven't seen the movie, I mean, how would you describe uh, this character, Brittany, and, and sort of what what happens, uh, the, the premise of the film? Uh, the premise of the film is uh, Brittany, inspired by a real woman's story, Brittany mm-hmm. O'Neill. Uh, Brittany's in a place in her life where she's sort of in her late 20s, and she feels stuck, and everybody's doing things with their lives, and, and she feels like she's not. So she... she starts running she just says you know I'll go around the block let me just do something for me and then she sets a goal of running the New York City Marathon which is a pretty big goal (laughs) yeah (laughs) and one I don't think I would I would ever yeah try to set for myself but yeah but the reason I I loved it so much was because I like to play a lot of odd women Mm -hmm. Uh, but this woman was layered in a way that I had never I'd never had material that came to me Mm -hmm. that you know, showed someone who was funny at times and then breaks your heart at times. And sometimes you want to strangle her because she's doing the wrong thing. <laughs> it's unhealthy for her, um, whether it be like a toxic friendship or a bad relationship. And um, 
And it was just, it, I don't get those kind of rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved that opening scene uh, where she's um, taking tickets at the at the theater where she works. Right. Because I feel like you learn so much about her in that in those moments. Yeah. Um, where she's kind of turning this it into a performance. Yeah, when you're uncomfortable, and I yeah, I think using comedy to try to deflect. Mm-hmm. And that was that was probably the scene I improvised the most. Most yeah. of the film, I didn't use a lot of imp- improvisation, mm-hmm. which is the first time ever I've really been in a, <laughs> yeah. in a project where that yeah. hasn't usually come you're, up. you're called on to improvise yeah a lot of times um but this one I sort of just I fell so in love with the script and how I felt when I was reading it that I was sort of like I want to stick to the and the and the the writer director he is a he's a playwright mm-hmm. so you know word is usually god yeah. and and so I think he was pretty thrilled that we're like okay let's let's stick mm. to the script but that one is definitely one where i played around a bunch yeah so paul downs uh Calezo, yes is that how you say his last name yes um he's the writer director yes um this is his first movie i mm-hmm. i think um and it's based on his real life friend yes did you Brittany did O'Neill. you get to meet her at all and um i met her uh while we were filming i before we shot Paul had sent me a video of her, I think it was like when she was raising money to Mm -hmm. run the marathon. And I sort of got, you know, who she was from that and like her vibe. I think he just wanted me to know more of like her essence, which Mm -hmm. sounds so creepy saying that (laughs) out loud. But, you know, that's what he wanted to get across. And then a lot of the things in the film, her most of the other characters in the film were not in the real Brittany O'Neill's life. Mm-hmm. So because of that, Paul and I sort of wanted to create the character based on more just what she had been through or her past and her present and 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 build off of that of who the character was. Yeah, and, and the character goes through this really big uh, transformation both emotionally and physically in the movie. So, I mean, what did that mean for you making it? I mean, what did you have to do to to make that work on screen there was uh, it was a lot it was the first movie I've ever been attached to I think seven months before we started mm-hmm. shooting yeah so I mean first of all dialogue wise I'm a horrible memorizer yeah. so that's why that's when improv comes in handy yeah improv I'm like yeah I could do that let's throw in whatever but um what you know and he was calling me out on my, can you curse on this? Yeah, yeah. And he was calling me out on my shit. He was <laughs> like, you you add so and yeah, some up to a lot of sentences, yeah. I think, when you, especially when you're maybe uncomfortable or I don't know. Yeah. It, it was something I started picking up on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll say it a million times now, by the way, and I'm not <laughs> uncomfortable, but it's just a habit. And uh, And then physically, I obviously had to start running mm-hmm. and I never been a runner i i looked up on pinterest this thing that said couch to 5k and just started <laughs> following that and and i wanted to start running on my own at first without getting a trainer mm-hmm. <clears throat> because in the movie you know she starts off on her own and she has no idea what she's doing she's yeah. probably wearing the wrong uh, sports bra and yeah. the you wrong don't, you don't want to look like you've been trained <laughs> yeah i just sort of wanted to see you know and i had my sister tape me mm-hmm. running so that i could see the mistakes i was making how i was mm-hmm. holding my body with posturing all that kind of stuff and then um i decided on my own the director no one asked me to do this but i wanted to do the physical journey she experiences throughout the film which mm-hmm. is she loses 40 pounds so mm-hmm. i lost 40 pounds because I, over the course of shooting or how did that uh, work? No. If if we did that, I would have died because it was 20, 
six or 28 oh, yeah. days. That's, that's so, a very short so yeah, I lost, I lost 29 pounds before we started shooting. And then I lost 11 pounds mm-hmm. during shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I just felt like it connected me more to the material. Cause there were certain things in it that I was like, I don't understand why she's, you know, throwing a fit here or mm-hmm. going through this. Mm-hmm. And, and until I went through it on my own, I sort yeah. of was like, Oh, yeah. that <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, emotionally too, I went yeah. through a lot. I mean, she's a, she's in a really dark place at the beginning of the movie, I think. Um, and that, again, is probably something that you, in that dramatic way, maybe had not gotten the opportunity to, to play that um, in your previous work. I hadn't. I hadn't. And because it hit so close to home too, because there were things that she was experiencing that I had experienced. And, in, and it showcases what, not all, but most women go through Mm -hmm. where we're sort of we have an interesting relationship with our bodies from I read a study that says from six years old on six is like when girls start going am I what am I big Mm -hmm. am I too big boned am I too long and you know like a string bean they Mm -hmm. they start thinking of themselves comparing to each other yeah exactly which is horrifying um but yeah there were definitely things that I was sort of just scared to go into because I didn't Mm. know if it would be therapeutic or if I would sort of go into a little spiral but it turned out to maybe have both happen after shooting but Mm -hmm. in a good way it was stuff that I needed to examine within my own life and how I was talking to myself and treating myself Um, yeah I mean I think there's this moment in the movie that's this kind of wake up call of some sorts for her when she goes to the doctor and he tells her she's unhealthy and needs to lose weight. And there's this moment where she kind of pushes back and says, you know, almost accuses the doctor of fat shaming her. Right. Um, how did you kind of think about that moment? Cause that, that's such an interesting <clears throat> debate going on now too, whether is it okay to tell somebody that they need to lose weight? I mean, I think when it's a doctor doing it, maybe it's different than just a random person, but that's what I thought. I, I thought Paul did such a a perfect job of showcasing all of it because mm-hmm. that is such a big conversation and and I believe in body positivity and I love when women are like I am bigger and I feel really great about myself and that's how they should feel mm-hmm. um I think that it is different when a doctor is saying you know there there's some unhealthy habits here and I'm I'm worried for your health mm-hmm. um and and giving some suggestions and then there's the difference of you know having a maybe a friend in your life who says I think you'd look better if you lost weight or you feel better if you lost weight like that those are two completely different things mm-hmm. and in the film we kind of explore everything yeah and don't shy away from anything which I had never really seen before in a story like this usually in transformation stories it's like someone loses weight and then their life is great and they get the job and the guy and Mm -hmm. that's the end of the movie and this felt sort of different I think when she loses weight she almost uh struggles with her insides she's Mm -hmm. sort of just like we never talk about the emotional journey of those types of characters yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna solve whatever's going on exactly uh, inside of her um, yeah, and she has maybe different problems and different struggles after she loses the weight in the movie. Right, which I had never seen in a film yeah. like this. Yeah, um, I mean, for you, you know, you came to Hollywood at a young age and you've been working a long time and done a lot of amazing stuff. Has your view of this of these kinds of issues evolved, changed over the time that you've been in this industry? 
it's interesting. I wish my sister was here with me right now because we talk about this all the time. Mm. She's like, I remember you coming to LA. I was 18 years old and I never had the mentality of like, let's do it, discover me. Like mm. I was just always very humble and being like, I hope I get to do this. Mm. I really love it. But I, I was always in the mindset of I wanted to, to do I wanted to do what I'm doing now, but I wanted to be whatever weight I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it to be an issue because it shouldn't be an issue. And uh, I think in my, maybe my first, like my second or third job, it, it was somewhat addressed about me not being a size zero or not being, you know, a typical TV or movie star looking woman. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm not making sense. I hope I am. Um <laughs> But other than that, I never really wanted to do anything that addressed it because I didn't think it was interesting enough. Mm-hmm. I was sort of just like, who cares? Yeah, uh, There should be women that look like me and bigger and smaller, whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It should never be what it's about. And when this script came to me, I was terrified about it because I, I knew I would have to talk a lot about mm-hmm. bodies and yeah, I mean, my it- relationship with my own body. But it was handled in such a way that I thought it was a beautiful way to bring up conversations that maybe we all need to talk to each other about. Like mm-hmm. I, I t- ended up talking to my girlfriends a lot about after they saw the film, they sort of just were like, I've struggled with this part or I related to Brittany in this scene. And and I wish as as this community of girls that we would of women that we would get together and sort of talk about the the highs and the lows. And so uh, that to me was why I wanted to do the film. Mm-hmm. It sort of started different conversations than than other stuff where it's just like body shaming. I'm just mm-hmm. done with that story. Yeah. yeah, I never wanted Brittany when she was at her heaviest to be the butt of a joke. Mm-hmm. It, that I was very protective of the character and so was Paul. We both wanted to be telling the same story. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean there's that really defiant moment where she says, I don't know what the exact line is, but something like I'm not going to be your your the fat sidekick anymore. Right. Um yeah, did you ever did you ever feel like you were cast in those roles or did you try to avoid those roles because I mean she's talking about it as a role in her life, right. but that's also a role in in uh you know films and and TV yeah. and that stuff. Yeah. It is it is a typically a a role that sometimes I would get called in for Mm. and you know sometimes it wouldn't be so on the nose sometimes Mm. it would just be like a woman surrounded by cats and she's never (laughs) experienced romantic love and I was like well but I have experienced love and and I know you're playing characters that may be Mm. different from you but I was like but this is what you guys all see me as and that is sort of a bummer yeah. yeah yeah and usually those characters come in and you know encourage the lead to go for the job or the guy and then walk out and say like who took the last bagel and then leave and I have played that character kind of before not in those exact terms Mm -hmm. but I that's why I I loved this character so much Mm -hmm. it was so different and and there were moments where you really were laughing with her and then there's Mm -hmm. moments where you're hopefully rooting for her or crying or angry at her and uh, it just was very different yeah. for me. It's so inspirational, the the movie, and I think people will really, you know, feel it. Thank you. I hope people go see it. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> it's hard to push a movie out, especially, like, usually I have a Seth Rogen or a Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> this is all you. Help. I know. It's on, it's on my shoulders. Coming up, 
Jillian talks about what it was like to become a writer on SNL before landing her breakout role on Comedy Central's Workaholics. So I want to go back. You you know, you talked about how you, you got to L.A. when you were 18, um, and you, you more or less came right out of high school to, yeah. to be... Um, uh, to come out to Hollywood, I know you went. You spent one semester at, at college, right? You grew up yeah, in uh, Las Vegas. I did, and I went to UNLV for mm-hmm. a semester. But you had already had a lot of uh, comedy experience by that point. I know you you started improv at a um, unusually young age, right? Yeah, at eight years old, <laughs> I started doing improv classes, and mm-hmm. a lot of the kids there were doing it because they were shy and I think I was just I was not shy (laughs) I was very excited to be like give me a situation yeah I mean what do you think that's brought to your to your career that you know other people who didn't start doing improv until much much later um... I don't know you know it's interesting I I mean I I definitely use I I improvise a lot in in films and tv shows and Mm. I think we're in an interesting place now where it's kind of just expected if you're doing a comedy that usually people will come up and say, now just whatever you want to do, <laughs> which doesn't always happen, but, but yeah. for the most part it does. Um, so I guess it gave me a leg up in that. Yeah. Do you like that or do you think, do you sometimes think, <laughs> why can't you figure out what I'm supposed <laughs> to do? No, for the, more, for the most part, I really enjoy it. Mm. I, I really like, you know, figuring out in the moment something mm. silly to say or what yeah. the character would add and sometimes it doesn't work and mm. you watch it and you're like yeah they use the best stuff which was just <laughs> the written stuff but a lot of times it's just fun it's mm. just a fun exercise to come in and do it although I feel like I haven't done an improv show in a very long time and I would be very nervous to do one like a live improv show yeah I think it's very different when you're doing improv off of written material mm-hmm. and when you're just getting up there and they're like Okay, these these two are gonna avoid the letter R mm-hmm. in every sentence they say, and it's Shakespearean times. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, like yeah. it's you gotta it's be more on your like, toes. Yeah. Um, you so when you came out here, you joined uh, the Groundlings. Was that pretty quick after you were here? Or how yeah, long? I yeah. moved here, and I remember my high school teacher, my um, drama teacher, told me about. Uh, a couple of improvisational schools, but one was the Groundlings. And I remember looking in a backstage West and there was a picture of Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry. And I was like, well, that's where I want to (laughs) go. And I went and saw a show, a live show. And um, I just remember thinking this is, this is all I want to do because SNL was always the goal. Yeah. I always wanted to go there. And so you know, you walk into the lobby and there's just pictures from, you know, back all the way back in the 70s. And there's pictures of Phil Hartman. And then you see Maya Rudolph and Will Ferrell and all, all my comedic heroes. So I then saw a live show and it was like watching SNL in, mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, this is this is all I want to do. Yeah. And who who was there um, in, in sort of in your class when you were there? When I was coming up, when I I feel like when I got into the Sunday Company mm. was it was um, Taryn Killam mm. and Dana Powell, Sarah Baker. We mm-hmm. had a lot of really Ryan Gall, yeah, very talented people. Um, and it did lead to a um, to an SNL audition. Um, it did, and uh, so and you did not end up on the cast, but you did end up uh, becoming a writer on the show for a season. Yes. 
So how did you how did you kind of feel about that at the time? Because I'm sure this mixed mixed feelings uh, in yeah, a situation sure. like that. Sure. I mean, well, I got the audition. I went out and did that, and then I found out two weeks later that I didn't get the job, and I was crushed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's bad to I guess have just one goal <laughs> and one <laughs> very specific goal. Yeah. Because then if you don't get it, you're sort of like, where do I go? I mean, I wasn't even thinking about doing more tv or trying mm-hmm. to get into that's movies. all that's all you want that was it yeah. that was it and when i got the call i was I, I remember my sister saying to me she's like because we we live together and she said you can be as mad as you want for an hour and then we have to try to get over it and i was like <laughs> okay and i really was upset in mm-hmm. that hour and then and then i sort of was trying to move on but i was really upset about it and i Got a call from my manager who said, I think it was a couple weeks after that, that mm-hmm. Seth Meyers wanted to meet with you to possibly be a writer on the show. And I was like, oh, the dream <laughs> is back alive. Yeah. Um, possibly. And so I flew out. I think my interview was on a Monday. And then I got a call Monday night from Seth when I was just roaming the streets in New York. <laughs> I went to the Wax the Museum. <laughs> I went to, I was at Magnolia Bakery. Mm. I'll never forget it. Yeah. I was at That's Magnolia, when, he, when he called you? When he called me. Wow. And I was ordering a piece of cake because I thought <laughs> I didn't get the job. And I thought if I didn't, I want a piece of cake. Yeah. And so I was paying for it when when I got the call. And I was like, hi, hello. And it was like, hey, it's Seth. What are you doing? That was the first thing he said. And I go... I'm getting cake. <laughs> and he goes, what? And I go, just what were you calling about? <laughs> you go, you go. You go, you go. And, uh, and he says, I-, I wanted to see if you wanted to do the job. And I was like, are you serious? Yes. And he says, okay, you start tomorrow. Wow. And then this weekend you can fly back on Saturday and pack up your life and then move back on Sunday and then we keep going. Crazy. Yeah. So what what was your experience like there um, as a writer? I mean, I'm sure you had hopes that it could lead to to being on the cast, but just in in that one season that you were there, what what was it like? I mean, what stands out when you think about it now? Uh, I remember the first episode being a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot. I I definitely I went to watch the band warm up. That was, I mean, who I, who was it that first show? Do you no, remember? I mean the band, oh, the band. that plays oh. on you oh, know yeah, yeah, yeah. the stage. It was mm-hmm. it was unreal getting to hear the you know the saxophone mm-hmm. player yeah. and all of that <laughs> and 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 uh, going over and checking the cue cards a million times mm-hmm. because a sketch that I wrote got in. Oh yeah, what what was that first oh, one? It's it's fine. It's not a it's not very very funny, but it's a, I mean it was hysterical because Kristen Wiig was the star of it, mm-hmm. but it's Kristen Wiig. Um, and Megan Fox was the host and it was your, now your mom talks to Megan Fox and it was just a mom <laughs> folding laundry while like Megan Fox is hanging out. That sounds very funny. It was silly. And now your mom talks to Megan Fox while you finish getting ready. She should be down in a few minutes. Okay, great. Hello. Yeah. Is it Megan or Megan or Megan? It's Megan. Oh, okay. So you did uh, you did the uh, the movie uh, Transforms? <laughs> oh, it's actually called Transformers. Oh, okay. I only saw the preview for it. Did it get made? It did. Yes. Oh, okay. Congrats. I hear it's a tough business. 
But there was like a lot of little nods to my mom in it. Like oh. my mom says, enjoy the journey, which is so lame. <laughs> <laughs> and she just keeps being like, well, you got to ETJ, enjoy the journey. Um, and uh, I had such a sore throat by the end of the night because I was so nervous yeah. that by the end I, I couldn't even speak. And I remember <laughs> there was a moment when I was running upstairs and, and, uh, fixing things on cue cards or like cutting stuff because in between rehearsal and air, you know, if your sketch gets in, then it's like, well, it also needs to be this amount of minutes or this joke didn't work. So let's mm -hmm. punch it up. And I was running around and, and I remember walking by Lauren Michael's office and the door was open and he's like, and they said, you know, come on in real quick. And, and I walked in and Martin Short was there and he was oh like, hi, goodness. it's very nice to meet you. And I was like, is this what it's always going to be like? And, was it? it, I, it not always, but yeah, every once but in a while of. people would pop in. I yeah. didn't, um, I, I feel like I didn't do as well after that first episode. So <laughs> I wasn't getting all of those introductions, but uh, um, yeah, it was a wild place to mm -hmm. be. Yeah, uh, you were uh, you were nominated for an Emmy for the Betty White episode. Yes. I saw that's pretty cool. What do you remember? That was a big. That was like a, a cultural moment. That oh episode. man! Oh man! What a big moment! And it was funny because I I remember them wanting to bring back a lot of women from the, the previous seasons mm -hmm. and sort of surrounding her and also making sure she wasn't carrying too much of the show because mm -hmm. she, I think she was. 80 at the time I don't Old, I think older than that maybe older yeah. I feel and like she was like almost 90 or, maybe yeah. you you might be right and and the thing is she came in and she was quicker than most people that yeah. hosted the show I mean we do the thing uh the first thing we do every week is you sit down with the host and you pitch them ideas mm -hmm. of what you're thinking of and some of them are fake then and you're not going to write them but they just get a laugh in the room mm -hmm. and some of them are real and every single person, she had a funny comeback or like a one-liner <laughs> that could have been in it yeah. that she was just, you know, thinking off the cuff. <laughs> so, so talented. And, uh, but yeah, I was also extremely excited because all these women that mm -hmm. I had, yeah, you know, they were, the incredible. posters on my wall were mm -hmm. coming and I was writing sketches with them. And Kristen and I tried to get a sketch on that was... <laughs> ridiculous i think at the time it was playing a lot in the back of cabs you know there's mm -hmm. like always those mm -hmm. commercials that play in taxis and burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And one of them was it's like Celtic female singers, and it was just these live shows that they were doing, and 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 so we tried to do a commercial for that, and it was like women 
that are Irish and standing, looking out <laughs> over a mountain near a castle, singing these epic songs. And, and it, I stole the DVD of it because they always make DVDs of it so you can mm -hmm. watch it back after. Mm -hmm. Because if it makes it to air, you know, you could be like, oh, well, this moment didn't quite play yeah. well. And It was I a taped sketch. Yeah, yeah, but I definitely have it. So. But it didn't make it on. It didn't make it on. You should just leak that. That's a, you know, I uh, wish I could. <laughs> I'd probably be immediately yeah. sued. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you you were there for one season. Um, how you know? Do you feel like it 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 was a struggle, or do you feel like it went well? Because I mean, you you ultimately they you weren't asked to come back, which must right. have been disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it was disappointing. Um, um, I it was a very informative experience. I just felt like I yeah. I was learning how to write for other people for the first time mm -hmm. because at Groundlings I was you they teach you how to write for your own voice and, mm -hmm. and figure it out a little bit more. And, and doing this, I was sort of just jumping in and being like, well, how do I write for Kristen? How do I write for Keenan? Mm -hmm. How is it different from Bill Hader, how you write for him? And, and, and also just trying to figure out, you know, how to get a sketch on the air. It's mm -hmm. just, you're, you're throwing shit everywhere yeah. and you're just like hoping something something sticks or there's something funny about the the idea it's so it's very competitive mm -hmm. um but I also was like such a super fan that I I I don't even think I knew that I was really struggling I was just sort of like this is amazing <laughs> and horrible it's it's sort of all the emotions yeah. you're the, going the through the schedule always seems like it's pretty punishing it is it is intense I mean I just remember feeling constantly bloated I I <laughs> Everyone drink coffee just all day long, mm -hmm. and I'm not a coffee drinker, so I would have a Diet Coke every <laughs> time they went on a coffee run. Yeah. And also, you're staying up till six in the morning writing sketches, yeah. and none of it's funny anymore, and you're just all broken out because, for me, I was like, my makeup has just been sitting on my <laughs> face for 38 hours, and yeah. some people are sleeping there because the table reads at 12, mm -hmm. so why go home? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it was an insane. And yeah. then you'd write a musical sketch and you'd go and be like, hey, Ryan Reynolds, can you come practice this sketch with me for the table read? And so it's so bizarre. Do you feel like you got used to the all of that crazy sort of um, weird celebrity interactions by the end of the season or did it, I it, mean, did it stay weird? There's a there's a level that you kind of have to be comfortable or else they spot you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like sort of like, what's up with the weird person just <laughs> with their jaw on the yeah. floor? But I but I still every time was like, you know, I'd call my family and be like, this is what Ashton Kutcher just said, <laughs> just freaking out. Yeah. About being around that. It's yeah. definitely a different environment than anything I've ever. Mm. And it's also a lot of people were finding out they were fired by a quote in an article where they were yeah. like, oh, I'm not coming back. It's a. It's, Is that what happened for you? Or? No, not for me. My manager found out from mm -hmm. Seth that they weren't asking yeah. me back. And I remember I was with my parents in my apartment and they saw me get the call and I was like, oh yeah, what what is happening with that? And then they just saw me pick up my laptop. I'm like not a violent person. <laughs> I picked up my laptop and I just threw it against a wall because oh I was so angry and upset and I, but I, it was nowhere near anyone. Yeah. I just wanted to throw something. Yeah. And then, and then I sort of was like, well, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I really am, it's weird because I, I, always thought that that's what I wanted to do but I I recently realized if I hadn't if I had 
been there, if I had stayed there, mm-hmm. then I would have missed really big things. And, and not yeah. even just like career wise, because that's very exciting. This some of the stuff I got to do. But but I mean, more in terms of like, I wouldn't have met my dog that I have. <laughs> and I really I mean, he's the love of my life. And I wouldn't have gotten to spend time with my dad before he passed away mm. and I would have been gone, you know. Yeah. So it's just weird things that you don't realize in the moment are supposed to happen. Mm. And yeah. I really believe in that now. Yeah. Well, one thing that happened that wouldn't have is um, Workaholics. Right. Which came pretty soon after yeah. you, you left I SNL. shot that that summer while I was waiting to hear mm. if I was going oh, back. Wow. Yeah. And then I found out I didn't. And then it took a year for Workaholics to come out. So I actually went back to my day job. Oh, really? Yeah. I went back to being a receptionist at a talent agency. Mm-hmm. After <laughs> after SNL. <laughs> yes. That must have been odd. It was very odd. It was very humbling. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was answering phone calls and, and casting directors were calling in for other people and, and people were coming to pick up their checks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, uh. that must be nice <laughs> to be working. Um, but eventually Workaholics did get picked it did. up. And that became, I mean, did you have any idea at that time what, what a big deal that would be? Because I think that's really what put you on the map for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's probably the first time I became aware of, of who you were. And it was helpful that my name was so similar on the show. It's yeah. Jillian Belk. And my <laughs> name's Jillian Bell. So I was, I, I was like, oh, people, when I, when people first started being like, oh, I know you mm. from something. It was like, they were like, hey, Jillian. Yeah. And then they're like, what's your real name? I'm like, Jillian. <laughs> that's <laughs> so easy. That's helpful. Hey, Blake, I'm feeling sick. So I need you to work my desk for the rest of the day. Ugh, you look horrible. Oh. Yeah, about that, I can't. Not today. Coda Ronan comes out tonight, and I gotta save a spot in line at the video game store. Actually, I was just about to leave. Check it out. It's good for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna put him in the bathroom stall, tell everybody I'm crapping the rest of the day. Okay, well, I can't lie to you guys. I'm not really sick. I just... I told Alice that so I could leave early to go see Walking with Dinosaurs Arena Spectacular. <laughs> uh, maybe one of these guys could cover for you. I really shouldn't. It would set a precedence in this office that we don't need. No, for Alice? We'd probably end up fucking all day, yeah. getting no work done. Please, Blake. I mean, my lifelong dream is to live in Jurassic Park times. 1993? Please, I really need this. I need it, okay? <laughs> Please, Blake! All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. That's yeah. Alice's appointment book. Okay, sure. Appointment <laughs> book. <laughs> a lot of fun. Get out of here. Jillian, feel better? Oh, no, I'm yeah. not actually sick. Yeah, right. So what you said about my face earlier was... That was rude. I, I, I think I did really believe in the show as far as those those guys I, mm-hmm. I always thought that they were so brilliant I met them a while back we both we were all in this thing called like National Lampoon Lemmings they were trying to reboot it from oh, the yeah. 70s and we ended up just going on a tour that was like three places we all quit our jobs to <laughs> for- go do it for the tour because <laughs> we thought we were Getting paid so much and going everywhere. And did, did you know it was only going to be three stops? No, at that we point? didn't. We didn't. We thought we'd sell out everywhere, and then we didn't. And we also, I remember, the first place we went, we got our per diem. It was our first experience with per diem, and mm-hmm. uh, where you, you know, get an, a little bit of money each day um, just to go buy food or whatever. And we we spent we spent it all when we got there. On a limousine. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was that? I don't remember. Someone said it. 
It feels like an Adam Devine thing. Someone said it, and then we were all like, yeah, and then we'll go to a liquor store and then buy <laughs> so much alcohol with that and just drive around this limo. We were in Vernon Hills yeah. uh, in Illinois, and um, and then we found out the next morning that that was our... That was for the whole trip. <laughs> so we had spent all our money the first night. It's so weird that that tour didn't work out. I yeah. know. But then anyway, <laughs> cut to this. They, you know, anytime they needed a, a woman in one of their live sketch shows, mm-hmm. they they called me and, you know, asked me to do something and I would go by and play a weird aunt. Mm-hmm. And then they said they're writing the show and Comedy Central's interested and would I want to play a weird woman? And I said, <laughs> yes, 100%. And, and they wrote it. And yeah. What was what was the experience like making that show? Was it was um, that a lot of improvisation as well? Yeah, there was a lot of room for playing around, mm-hmm. and uh, and I feel like as the seasons went on too, we 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 did that more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but their writing too is killer. I, yeah, the table reads we'd be laughing so hard, and they knew these characters so well. I mean, mm-hmm. they were it was like a totally exaggerated version mm-hmm. of themselves. Coming up. Jillian teases her upcoming gender-swapped remake of Splash, in which she plays the Tom Hanks character, and Channing Tatum is a clueless merman. The other film that I wanted to uh, touch on that came out this summer, which I just absolutely loved, is Sort of Trust. Oh, thank you. Um, That movie was mostly improvised as well. I got to to see that at South by Southwest. Oh, great. And um, it was just really impressive. Um, Also with uh, Michaela Watkins is in that. Yes. And uh, and Brittany as well. I know. I would do anything with Michaela Watkins. Yeah. We want to write a movie together together. so we might but uh I, I told her i was like please be in everything with me mm-hmm. she just makes everything so enjoyable she's so smart with her choices and and she's an incredible actress yeah every movie or tv show she's in she just steals it and she's it's, it's such a gentle way of stealing things mm. too you're never mad about it you're just like yes take over <laughs> she's brilliant yeah, I mean, sort of trust is really almost all improvised, right? Yeah, we it's shot just... it in eleven days. Wow, eleven days, um, which is I've never had an experience like yeah. that. Even I mean, for pilots, I feel like mm-hmm. it's like thirty-nine days, and you're like, yeah. "What are we doing? <laughs> it's a half hour." Yeah, um, it's impressive, yeah. efficient. Yeah, <laughs> eleven days, um, yeah. crazy. Your character is so funny in that film. Thank um, you. She's a she's a little naive, I would say. She is. She's a little. <laughs> She's um, sweet. Do you like do you like playing that uh, type of character? I do. It's fun. I I feel like I've I've gotten to play that character kind of a couple of times, and I've also gotten to play like a villain or a pimp, and, mm-hmm. and it's very different. Yeah. But but both have their major pluses. I re- I really enjoy playing someone who's kind of naive. I always think like there's something so sweet about someone who. Mm. Who does doesn't always get what's happening in the conversation, <laughs> but nods yeah. and and contributes something, but it's never the right thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Very different from your character in uh, something like Twenty Two Jump Street, I would say. Very different. Um, so out of that, uh, you is that where you met uh, Channing Tatum? At yes, Twenty Two Jump Street. That's the yeah. first time I met him. Um, because I think this is a question that you get in about every interview that you do. But uh, <laughs> w- what's going on with the Splash remake? Uh, someone is writing it right now, and we're waiting on that draft. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited yeah, to so, get to read it. Um, so what's what's the sort of story behind that? This was something that was your idea. I went to Channing and had a meeting with him and his production company because we wanted to work together again. We'd done Twenty Two, and then. 
also he came and did a part on Idiot Sitter and mm-hmm. he was brilliant. And I just it's funny when you meet people that you're like, oh, we are similar and <laughs> we just like to make each other laugh and and there's no drama there. It's just you want to keep working with them. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so we sat down and I, I came up with a, a few ideas. Some were very stupid, some were crazy. And we started talking about uh, Channing playing a character that was sort of discovering the world for the first time. I think he he really loves the movie Elf. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about movies that did that well. And we started talking about Splash. And we were like, what if we did Splash? <laughs> and then we couldn't stop laughing about it. And then we sort of got serious and we're like, what if we did Splash? <laughs> and and we just thought that would be interesting in doing a role reversal on mm, that. Yeah, and so he would play the merman. Yes. And I would play Tom Hanks's character, <laughs> which I mean, I always want to play Tom Hanks's characters. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, and then we went and we we uh we pitched it to Imagine mm-hmm. and they were into it and then we pitched it to Disney and they bought it in the room, which we all I had never experienced mm-hmm. and was sort of like, is it is do we just shoot it now? And then it's like, <laughs> well, someone has to write it yeah. and oh, all yeah. the things. Oh, yeah. Um and it's it's taken a while just because these things take a while. Yeah. Uh but I'm I'm really excited. I I, I hope we'll we'll get to do it. I think I think we will. Yeah, I think maybe do you think Channing Tatum in the room uh, helps with the selling it in the room? I mean, it can't hurt. <laughs> it can't hurt to have yeah. Channing in the room. Yeah. yeah. Um no, I think that'll be really uh, exciting. I mean, what else and I guess it's still so early process, but I mean, are there other updates to it that you're kind of excited about or that you talked about when you when there, you talk about it? There are. I I definitely can't talk about any mm, of them, okay, but okay. but uh I will say in terms of, you know, things related to like the movie I just did with Brittany and all this. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things I said to the writer that is very important to me is I, I never want it to be like, how did this girl get that guy? I'm, I'm like sort of done with that story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, that hopefully, <laughs> unless there's a hysterical joke that has to stay in about it, mm-hmm. I, I would fight hard not to have that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, what I want to do now as we kind of uh, start the, the wrap up is um, go through some of the things that you've done in your career because you've done so much that we haven't talked about. And um, and if one kind of story or memory comes to mind that, that you can share with us. Okay. Um, so I think probably the first thing that I ever saw you in, and a lot of people as well, was Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, that was my second job. Um, which was, I, I just rewatched the episode uh, last night, actually. Really? Um, and so you, you, you're you in the very, you're in m- most of the whole episode. Yeah. And your first scenes with not only Larry David, but also Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Here's the latest script. Thank you very much. And, uh, oh, reminder, you have lunch with Richard Lewis, both of you. Okay, thanks. What is that? Yeah, that air conditioner is, uh, I don't know, it's making noise oh, up I'll there. Oh, I'll get it. Um, oh, don't worry about it. I used to do this for my mom all the time. <clears throat> oh, yep. Hang on. There we go. Sounds like a rattlesnake is in there. Oh, there. Does that sound better? Yeah, that's yeah? a little better. Yeah. There we go. <clears throat> All right. 
Do you guys need anything else? Are you no, good? We're good. Good. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Maureen. I can't take it anymore. How could you walk around like that every day? Every day. Every day. We have to make a change. We can't. Julia got her the job. We can't fire her. We have to talk to her. Okay. You need to talk to her about her clothing. I, I can't do that. What are you talking about? I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Why not? I, I don't want to. And so what what was that like to walk uh, in and, and just start doing a scene with them as one of your first jobs? I mean, jobs? I can't even tell you what... Uh, that is similar to SNL, where you're, it's, you don't really know what you're getting into. I mean, I auditioned for it. I didn't know it was even a guest star. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be just like... Uh, uh, Larry David's assistant or secretary mm-hmm. and then um, it became sort of a thing where at the end of the day they could say okay and then you're coming back tomorrow and you're like oh I am <laughs> and they're like yeah tomorrow you'll be coming in we're doing a stunt I'm like oh okay <laughs> and then there was one moment where they were like here just come over here we want you to meet someone and they're like here's Jerry Seinfeld I'm like oh <laughs> are you in this he's like yeah I'm going to be doing something because there's like, no script or anything so you don't know there's like a, a scriptment basically mm-hmm. like there's a there's an outline of mm-hmm. what is going to be said and but they don't give it to you because mm-hmm. they don't want you to pre-plan anything so right there was a scene my that scene with Jerry Seinfeld where I walked in and they were already sitting at the desks mm-hmm. all the cameramen had the cameras on their shoulders mm-hmm. and then someone walked up to me the director and, and said you know here's the eight things you need to get across in this. You're moving, you you feel like you had a religious experience, you bought an RV, can you, you know, yeah. can Larry finance something for you? I don't remember everything, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, a bunch of things and then you're going to quit respectfully and then you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know how much time you have or whatever, but you're just sort of running in and hopefully remembering everything and, <laughs> and they're taping all yeah. of it. But it is fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, it sounds like an insane amount of pressure. So much so much pressure. But you either just go, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. The, you only can do as much as you remember mm-hmm. and and if you don't get something, they'll, you know, they'll go again. Mm-hmm. Did you I don't know when at which point you found out that your character's, you know, the the premise is that your character has this short wears short shirts and right. showing the bare midriff. That's the name of the episode, the bare yes. midriff. Um, did you have any reservations about that? Or? Yes. Are you kidding me? I was terrified. I was like, what do I do here? And I sort of just thought, this is an incredible opportunity. I mean, to have my second job be this guest star on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I loved improvising. I loved the show. And I was sort of like, well, what if she owns it? What mm-hmm. if she's just really, you know, because that's mm-hmm. that's the good thing about the show is you can improvise whatever you want. You can yeah. create whatever character you want. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of like, what if she's really happy with her body and she's proud of how she looks? And and that's the way I felt good about doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so another uh, film role uh, after that um, was in Bridesmaids. Um, yes, you're in I the walk. you're in the you're in the uh, you're, you play girl at shower. Yes, girl at shower. Um, I walk so, by when Kristen Wiig first walks into the bridal <laughs> shower. Um, so was that? Did you audition for that movie? No. Um, or how did you? How did no, you that was end after, up in that? That was after SNL. So mm-hmm. I think I think she Kristen just and that were, in. were throwing me a bone, which was very nice. But it was so funny because my my dad always went to the theaters every Sunday. That's just growing up. Mm-hmm. I went with them and and. He went and saw the movie, and then he called me. He said, I didn't see you. I missed it. I go, I think he blinked. Just (laughs) go back. Here's the exact moment it happened. So he went to the theater twice to see that film. (laughs) That's very sweet. Um, 
So later, uh, this is kind of an interesting story. You ended up, you've been in two Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Yes. Um, the Master and then Inherent Vice. And the, the legend goes that he was a, a fan of workaholics. Yes. And that's how he, he found I you. I had no idea because I got the audition for it and and I met with the casting director and then I got the part and I was so excited. I was a huge, I'm still a huge fan of his and and then uh, I went to set and I remember him saying, thanks for coming and doing this. I know it's not. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he said, I'm a big fan of workaholics. I was like, oh, I didn't know how this came mm. about. But mm. he's a big, I guess, comedy nerd, comedy mm. fan. And you did some improv in that in The Master as well. Is that a right? A little bit. It's it's interesting. I, I think that was blown out of proportion. It was okay. sort of just like there was more of a discussion about what it would be and and he was playful with it a little bit more than I expected mm -hmm. him to be. But I, I think it's just because he, I think he does really respect people who have improvisational backgrounds and he loves comedy. And so we just talked a lot, a lot about the scene and what it would be. Mm -hmm. And, and if there was somewhere where I went off a little bit, he was, he was fine with that. And there were certain scenes that are not in the film, but mm -hmm. he was sort of like, Jillian, why don't you, take the lead and start off this conversation at the dinner and so I would do that and so that's sort of where the improv mm -hmm. thing came from and, yeah. and but it's not even in the film so <laughs> um, it wasn't that good yeah. I guess and what was it like to watch um you know Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, work up close unreal yeah. unreal I I just remember being like remember this like take it mm -hmm. all in my first scene in the whole movie was just sitting there uh, in the boat and we were watching him give a toast to his daughter who had just been married. And he just did it, you know, I mean, 40 times it felt like. And each of them were, were different and some of them were scary and some of them were joyful. It was mm -hmm. just every emotion he went through. And I, I couldn't believe it that I got to sit there and watch it. Yeah. It, it was like a, I, I claim that as like my college experience, mm -hmm. getting to watch him and Joaquin Phoenix and Laura Dern and Amy Adams, just yeah. incredible actors killing it. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, every once in a while, I just had to be like, ah, ha, 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 holding a glass of <laughs> champagne, you know, but I didn't care. Yeah, that's a pretty cool experience. Very cool yeah. experience. Um, you were also in the the last season of Eastbound and Down, yes. Um, playing uh, opposite Tim Heidecker, your uh, that was my hubby, your, your suburban husband. Yeah. Um. So what what was that uh, set like? Oh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, Danny McBride is one of the funniest people on the mm. planet. Yeah. And he's also very sweet, like sweet Southern gentleman. Mm. Yeah. Um, Un unexpectedly compared to his uh, well, characters. Compared or... to his characters, yes, yeah. but um. But I had a great time, and we were shooting in North Carolina uh, mm. in Wilmington, and I fell in love with Wilmington. Um, the The whole experience was super fun, and Tim Heidecker makes me laugh so hard. And I was playing a totally different character. I mean, I I feel like I was doing t 22 Jump Street before or after that, and mm. and and uh, I'm playing like a college student and then in this I'm playing like a mother of two or something and <laughs> and who just like talks pretty good about range. wearing pads yeah. like it's just very different yeah um and then I saw you have a couple of things coming up that I don't know how much you can talk about but I okay. um, figured I'd ask anyway uh there's a movie called El Tonto that's written and directed by Charlie Day yes the incredible Charlie Day yeah, from It's Always Sunny yeah this is his first time directing a film and He's the star of it, and, and I think it's going to be wonderful. I can't wait to see it. I only shot for like four hours one day. Oh, really? That's it. I just have like a mm. little 
cameo, but um, but I mean the cast he got on that too. Like yeah. John Malkovich is in his first <laughs> film. I'm That's like, what? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's so funny and brilliant and and a sweet guy. So I'm I wasn't surprised he got such a good cast. And then I also saw you're in uh, the upcoming Bill and Ted. Movie. Yes, I just shot it. Oh, really? I did. What was that like? It was crazy. I was there the first day that they were shooting, that they were getting in character. Um, so I was like in the first scene with mm-hmm. them. And I, I I walked up to Keanu and I go, oh, first one. And he goes, <laughs> why did you do that? So I was like, I'm so sorry. Was, but he's so sweet. He's, he's so getting, sweet. In, getting in Keanu's head. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just excited. It's very exciting to be around them. I mean, them getting back into these characters that yeah. they haven't played in like 20 years or whatever. It's, yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. So, so nuts. So nuts. Watching them rehearse and, <laughs> and in those voices. And I remember there were certain lines too that I was like, you have the next line. Remember to speak. Remember to speak. Yeah. Because I was just watching them. Yeah. And it's, to be in one of those is, mm. is crazy. That's great. And then you mentioned... Um, the, there's an animated show coming out. Yes, Bless the Hearts. Bless the Hearts, which is kind of the, going in that Simpsons family guy It's uh, on zone. after yeah. The Simpsons, which we um, were like, oh, wow. what? <laughs> um, uh, so what can you share about, about that one? It's a story about a Southern family who's sort of broke as a joke. And they're, they're always doing things to try to to live the American dream and provide for their family. Mm-hmm. And they kind of do it in backwards ways, but it's all out of love. And uh, I play Violet on the show, who's the daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of this artistically talented, um, cool, I mean, probably not cool in, in in school, but like later on in life, she's, she's a cool chick. Mm-hmm. Um, she is into Rocky Horror Picture Show and B-horror movies and... And um, she's sort of the voice of reason in this crazy family. Mm, fun. Um, so you've, you, you've obviously you know done a lot of amazing stuff. You have this movie, uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon, coming out. Um, are there things that and Splash, very exciting. Uh, are there things that you that you're feeling like you really want to do that you that you haven't been able to achieve yet that you want to kind of put out in the world? Yeah, I, I'm. I would love to do a, a straight up drama. This has mm-hmm. a bit some dramatic elements yeah. in it, Brittany, but I would love to do a straight drama, which I think I am going to do possibly. Mm. And then I, my dream in life, my absolute dream in life is to play a witch. That's mm. all I want to play. And I don't <laughs> care if it's like a, you know, Hocus Pocus type witch or like say, a... Hocus Pocus reboot seems like it, it could definitely happen. Oh, I I think it is happening, but it's happening with all mm. the original ladies, oh, really? which is very exciting. It's also exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't care if it's in like a horror film. I don't I don't care what you it is, but I want to play a witch. But I have... You can play a witch at any age, though, yeah. which is very exciting. So I'm just hoping that it does why, happen. Why a witch? I don't know. I love witches. I just think they're so much fun and they're so powerful and they're like sort of the original feminists just speaking <laughs> out and saying their truths and then people burn them for it and I don't know I I I I love anything that's a little macabre yeah well yeah. if anyone listening is writing a witch movie send it my way TV show yeah Jillian is uh, I'll, I'll play it ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally we end every episode by asking the guests what is the last thing that made you laugh really hard <sighs> I knew this was coming too And I don't know. I mean, I will be honest. I feel like my favorite show to watch is Impractical Jokers. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite (laughs) 
show. So it's probably that. I think all of those guys are so funny, and I just met them recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I met them at Comic-Con. <laughs> I had met Sal before, but I had never met the rest of the guys, and oh, I'm just such a fan. I really geeked out. Like, I had two glasses of white wine very quickly when I found <laughs> out I was going to meet them because I was so nervous. That's hilarious. Uh, they make me laugh. Um, so it's probably that. All right. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming in and doing this today. Thank you. All thank right. you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you again to Jillian Bell for coming out and talking to me today. Uh, she is so sweet and so funny, and I really, really enjoyed talking to her. Brittany Runs a Marathon is opening nationwide in theaters August 23rd. This is a really special movie that deserves love, so please check it out if you can. And if you enjoy this show, please tell your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at TheDailyBeast.com. The Last Laugh is distributed by Himalaya Media for The Daily Beast. It is produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch for Starburns Audio and edited by Mackenzie Mazell. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at Claude.mp3. You can find this show every week on Apple Podcasts, the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.